Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast to help us weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to listen today. I certainly hope that this episode will help you in some way to weather the storm. Uh, We are now in season two, uh, and so we just recently reached 1,500 downloads, so very excited about that. Uh, Thankful for, for every single listener, every subscriber that we have, and so Again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope that this podcast has been helpful in some way. Uh, today, we, we come to episode four in season two, and we are striving to weather the storm by elevating. And so I'm excited about this topic. And with me today, I have a good friend, Jordan Pugh. Jordan and I went to the Memphis School of Preaching together. And so I've got him on today, and I'm going to turn things over to him and, and let him introduce himself. Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Jordan Pugh. Uh, I am a 2017 graduate uh, of the Memphis School of Preaching. I'm currently preaching at the Greenmount Road Church of Christ in uh, Belleville, Illinois, as the associate minister here. Um, I also have my uh, own podcast as well, um, When the Scriptures Become Real. Uh, We started that in 2017 as well, so we're trying to continue to grow and get the word out, as I know Drew is um, as well. We've also started a, a preaching school here. I'm in the St. Louis area, the uh, St. Louis School of Biblical Studies. Um, so if you if you like more information on the school, uh, to get more information on studying with us there, uh, you can also visit uh, the website there at greenmountroadcoc.org, and applications and the class schedule will be there for you as well. Man, I had no idea <laughs> either one of those things. I didn't know your <laughs> podcast been going on for going on three years. Yeah, man. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I've enjoyed that. I know – I shared with you earlier, several of our members here at the congregation I'm laboring with have really enjoyed your podcast as well. And so that's great. And also, man, School of Preaching up there, that's awesome. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's going well so far. So we've had uh, 25 students, uh, a couple from the St. Louis side and a couple from the Illinois side. So um, also free of charge. You don't have to worry about, you know, payment if you want to study from online. So we have everything uh, there for you. So we you won't learn that as quick as Drew and I had to, so we'll go at a slower pace. Yeah. We'll go at a slower pace, but you'll you'll get some good material. Trust me. Yeah, man. Well, that's that's wonderful, and I'll definitely be praying for that effort. I, I'm I'm excited to hear that. Well, man, I appreciate you being on today. Uh, also, to our listeners, he mentioned his podcast when the scriptures become real. I, I recommend that. It's a good podcast, and so I think that'll help you. And I think Jordan and I have the same uh, intention in mind. That's to help people. Uh, realize that the Word of God is relevant today and that it can help us get through some difficult times. So, again, his podcast, When the Scriptures Become Real, is a great one for you to check out. Uh, As I mentioned today, we're going to talk about weathering the storm by elevating. And so, Jordan, as we begin, we want to kind of try to define this word elevate. So how would you define or or maybe reword the word elevate? Well, Drew, when I looked it up, um, I believe it was Webster's Dictionary, just kind of the general – term of elevation or to elevate uh, means to to raise or to lift to a higher position or to raise to a more uh, important level. And so, you know, anytime we talk about elevation, you know, whether it's in, you know, the sports world, you know, whether it's in business, and then especially what we're going to talk about today, you know, whether it's uh, in the spiritual realm, elevation always takes work, right? So you have to leave one spot and work hard in order to get to the other one. So elevation always moves and always improves and grows. Yeah, that's a great way to, to describe it. And I, I found the same definition as well. And you probably saw this too. 
another way is is to raise the spirits of. Yeah. So it's Ooh, you know, and, and I think uh, we mentioned in 2020, going on six months now with this pandemic and all the other mess that's gone on this year. Uh, we need our spirits raised. We need to have yes. something that's some positivity going on. I found it interesting. The word elevates found three times in the scriptures, all in the Old Testament. Uh, Psalm 48.2, Isaiah 49.11, Ezekiel 41.18. And Psalm 48.2 really jumped out to me. Speaking of, of Mount Zion, it says, Beautiful in mm. elevation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. So this idea, like you said, something that's, that's higher in rank, higher in, uh, you know, to, to th- this, this new level. And as yeah, you mentioned, yeah. it always takes work to get to that point. It takes growth. It takes a change of mindset. And, and so uh, I think this, this topic will be uh, very relevant for us today. So as we think about this word elevate, again, to lift up, to raise, uh, something that, that we, we need to realize is we need to elevate our thinking because it all starts in the mind. You know, we think yeah. about it, then we do it. And so how we think is very important. So, Jordan, why should we elevate our thinking? Well, you know, Drew, when you study the Scripture, and this is why I believe as Christians we need to uh, love words in the Scripture, but also to look up words. Oh, yeah. And so when you think about the Old Testament, you know, the, the Scripture always talks about, you know, loving the Lord with your heart, right, with your soul and with your mind. And he brings it up into the New Testament with uh, being renewed in the spirit of your mind and all that, right? Mm-hmm. And so mind and heart are always synonymous as the same. And so yep. they're not necessarily the beating, you know, blood pumping heart, but it's the mind. And so when, when we talk about why should we elevate our thinking, I believe it just really boils down to this. Christ demands us to transform. He demands us to be different. You know, and again, I mentioned uh, Ephesians chapter four, uh, verse number 23. And I, I just love how simple this verse is, but I think we really kind of take this for granted where it says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Oh yeah. And so the question is, Drew, how are we going to be renewed, you know, during this pandemic, during uh, the things we see on the news, during the, the all, you know, everything that we see every single day. And then we're, we're inside. We can't really go anywhere. Then we can't, in some places, we can't really uh, worship, um, you know, without staying at home on Zoom or, or whatever it is. How do we mm-hmm. elevate? And I think about uh, a simple verse, Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I think this time right now for us is a time that the Lord has allowed us to elevate our thinking and to show how important it is. How are you going to renew your mind if you can't worship, if you can't meet together? Are you so dependent on the assembly, which we should go to, but do you have your own personal relationship with him? Can you renew your mind? Can you encourage yourself? Because we're commanded to do those things for ourselves as well. And I think when we talk about elevating our thinking, I think Christ just demands us to transform. Absolutely. And like you said, you can't do that without having your mind changed. Yeah, uh, you know, I like how you put the heart and the mind working together. That's that's exactly right, and that's you know whether you're in the Old Testament or the New, and, and of course what Jesus said, it all uh, comes to how you think. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this too. Is we should elevate our thinking to not limit ourselves, but also to not limit God, uh, mm. and realizing that you know sometimes we get carried away thinking about all the temporary things of this world. Sometimes it's important for us to step back and say, you know what, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Yes, Ephesians 3.20. He's, he's in complete control. He's up in, you know, high in heaven and 
here we are and we get so bogged down with, with this world. If we can elevate our thinking, even just for a moment, and, and think about, you know what? We're not just here. This is not it. It's not the whole deal. Uh, the song we sing, this world is not my home. I'm just passing mm-hmm. through. It all, it all starts with having our mindset and, and being able to elevate our thinking. So I appreciate your thoughts there. That's, that's exactly right. We should elevate it because it's, it's demanded of us as Christians uh, to, to help encourage others. But also, I like how you said that, to uh, encourage ourselves. We need that yeah. too. Uh, that's, that's really, really good. So now that we've defined the word elevate and really talked about why we should elevate our thinking, with our time remaining, we're going to look at some, some passages. I've got three in particular I want us to discuss. Uh, we want to read these, examine these, but then also try to emphasize how elevating will help us weather the storm. So the first one we'll look at is Matthew 6, 19 through 21. And Jordan, if you have that, I'd like for you to read that for us, if you don't mind. Yes, sir. Sure. All right. Matthew chapter 6, uh, starting verse 19. Uh, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All right. So here we we understand Jesus is speaking. This is on during the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So when you hear Jesus saying these words, and, and with the idea that we're talking about elevating, what, what, is, what is he trying to get across here? You know, Drew, I find it, and I never thought about this until you, you sent me uh, uh, kind of the, the introduction sheet and what do you want me to study off of. You know, when we talk about Matthew 6, 19 through 21, a lot of times, uh, which is, how do I say, it? it's, it's a great principle, which he understands here. It is talking about money, right? So lay not up for yourselves wealth, treasures, right? Because obviously he mentions they rust uh, and all that stuff, right? But if you look at the Greek word there for uh, for wealth or for treasures, the Greek word is thesauros, which means wealth in the literal sense and wealth also in the figurative sense. Hmm. Well, what does that mean? What's the context? Again, like I say on my podcast, context, context, context. That's right. Right. <laughs> we talk. We were. In, you know, in Memphis, that's all they told us, right? That's you got to preach in context. <laughs> and so what's the context? If we go back up, look at verses 16 uh, through 18. Now, remember, look at, look at what Jesus is saying here. He says, moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad, sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto the men to fast. But I say unto you that they have their reward, right? And then verse, uh, verse 17 but thou, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that you may not appear unto man to fast, but unto thy father in secret, and thy father which sees in secret shall reward thee openly. Then he says, lay not up for yourselves wealth. So in terms of the context here, money can deteriorate, can deteriorate right? Mm-hmm. But also if you fake a spiritual appearance. Oh, wow. If you fake something that's not real, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees were, mm-hmm. you have your reward. You see that fake spiritual image that deteriorates, that rust. You can only keep that up for so long. Yeah. But when something real like a pandemic happens, mm-hmm. then let's see if you're if you're really spiritual. Yeah. If something real like like these problems that were happening now, now let's see. You see, now this is what Jesus is saying. And so notice he said, Don't show others your spirituality. 
mm-hmm. but lay up treasures with your father. And so here in this pandemic, if we bring it, you know, for some application for us, since we can't meet physically in some places, since there's things happening uh, around us in our nation, how are you going to lay up treasures? Are you going to complain? Are you going to murmur like the children of Israel? Mm-hmm. Are you going to get mad at your elders? Are you going to get mad at your preacher? Or are you going to lay up treasures in heaven? Are you going to pray? Are you going to work? Are you going to encourage? Are you going to do all those things you were supposed to be doing if we could meet? Yeah. Right? And so think about this, Drew. I, I tell this to um, to preachers that maybe want to go to MSOP or maybe want to go to Brown Trail or whatever, you know, talking about uh, not laying up uh, those treasures here on earth. I always tell them if you never, you know, before they get into preaching, I sit them down. I say, if you never get an award for preaching, so let's say you graduate from the school or whatever, if you never get an award, if you never get recognized, if no one ever knows what you did for the Lord, if your name is never in the bulletin, if no one ever says thank you, would you be okay as a preacher of the gospel with no one knowing what you did? Hmm. If you hesitate or if you say no, you're not ready to preach. That's right. Preaching is not about the physical appearance. When we can, we can, uh, you know, go into context there, but this is what he's saying. Don't lay up those treasures that people can see. Yeah. Lay up treasures when you're at home, when you're in a pandemic, when you're in your house and you can't, this is the time right now, lay up treasures in heaven. Right. And so value these things rather than value the other things. Right. So I think that's, that's a great thing from Matthew chapter six. And yeah, and you got it. And it's, it's, like our, our key word here, elevating, it requires that. Uh, if you keep your mindset on, like you said, things of this earth and people seeing what you're doing and you thrive off of that almost, yep. like the Pharisees in the context, that's what they thrived on. That's they they love these seats in the marketplace. They love to be called rabbi. They love that. Uh, if we're not careful, we can, we can get caught up keeping up with the Joneses, if you will. Uh, we love to have our, you know, our money and things like that. So I know Brother Tom Holland uh, something interesting he brought out was treasures here refers to souls. thought that was pretty interesting. Ooh, Laying up treasures in heaven. It's the idea of uh, how many people you can help get to heaven. You're laying mm. up, you're, you're storing up that treasure, if you will. But, you know, when I, when I think about this passage, and the reason I chose this first is the contrast that Jesus puts between earth and heaven. Mm. You know, earth, you're going to have things that are destroyed. In other words, earth is temporary. And we need to be reminded of that, that one day this earth is going to be destroyed. Second Peter 3, 10 and following. First uh, John 2, 15 through 17 is another one that comes to mind. John simply says, love not the world. Mm. All that's in the world, these things are going to pass away. So why would we have our treasures stored in a place that's going to pass away? Why not store up our treasures, uh, you know, where nothing's going to break in a steel, nothing's going to corrupt it or destroy it. And I love that last line. And I think something you said earlier uh, will, will be helpful to our listeners to connect the heart and the mind. Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will, your be, heart also. will be also. Your heart, your mind is already in heaven. It should be. Yep. You know, our citizenship is in heaven. We're going to talk about that passage later. But our mindset needs to be elevated because we as Christians need to remember this world is not our home. It's temporary. We are preparing in this life for the next one. Uh, and so to do so, we have to elevate our thinking. So, Jordan, yeah, I appreciate good. your thoughts there. That's great. And I love how uh, you went back to the context. And, and we definitely want to encourage our listeners to do that. 
when you're studying the Bible, please don't, you know, pick and choose a passage and bring it out. Study it in its context, understand it. Uh, and to steal the line from your podcast, the scriptures will become real when you do that. That's right. <laughs> Give me a plug there. Huh? <laughs> you see what it meant right then to those listeners, to those audience, and then you can make the application today. And so that's uh, great thoughts on Matthew 6, 19 through 21. We want to move on and, and go to our second passage, which is Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Uh, this is uh, one of the favorite passages of mine. In fact, Colossians 3 in and of itself is one of the best chapters in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think you might have already been gone, uh, but Gary Colley came one morning for chapel, and nobody knew who was supposed to speak. You remember those days? <laughs> Everybody's looking around. Nobody looked. I don't think I was there. Yeah, well, Gary Colley was there, uh, and all the instructors were looking around. Nobody wanted to speak. It was just one of those mornings. <laughs> Gary Colley, you know, grabbed his New Testament and said, I've, I've got it. He walked up there and he opened up and he read Colossians chapter three. Just read it. He said, this is the most practical chapter in the New Testament. And I've never looked huh. at it that way. And I've always remembered that when I study that, that chapter, how much we can apply from Colossians three to today. But we just want to look at the first two verses. And man, it just jumps out to you as a Christian. This is how I need to live. And, and I, I thought this would be the perfect passage to think about elevation. So I want to read that for us real fast uh, from the New King James Version, and then we're going to discuss it. Paul says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. You know, it jumps out to me, and Jordan, I'm sure you do the same thing that I do. I look for key words to underline, to highlight, to connect. Think about this verse and how elevated it is. Mm-hmm. Raised, th- seek those things which are above. Uh, how high do you want to go? Well, where Christ is. Where's he at? Yep. He's sitting at the right hand of God. Yep. That's all in verse one. Uh, <laughs> in verse two, you know, set your mind on things above. But then it's not just enough to set your mind on things above but to make sure your mind is not set on things of the earth. I think this parallels perfect with Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Don't set your mind on things of the earth. Lay up treasures in heaven. Set your mind on things above. So as we, as we get into this passage, I do want to mention this to our listeners, uh, because I understand there may be some who who are not Christians. We're certainly thankful that you're listening, but it's important to note that first line before we dive into this too, too deeply. When Paul says, if you were raised with Christ, he's referring to those who had obeyed the gospel. We know this from Romans 6, 3 through 6. Uh, you know, you're, you're buried with Christ in baptism. That old man of sins put to death. You rise to walk in newness of life. So there's that process of if you were raised with Christ. Uh, we know this is baptism. Jordan brought out earlier the importance of context. Going back to Colossians chapter 2, Colossians 2, 12. Buried with Christ in baptism. Uh, you were raised by the operation of faith and the operation of God. So if you were raised with Christ, Paul says, if you have obeyed the gospel, if you have put that old man of sin to death, if you were baptized into Christ to put him on, come in contact with his blood, you were raised with Christ. You were brought out of that watery grave to walk mm-hmm. in newness of life. That's who Paul's talking to. He's talking to the Christians here in Colossae and he's reminding them. So this if then statement, he, he it's really saying since, you know, not 
uh, you know, well, if this applies to you, no, he's writing to Christians. Since you were raised with Christ, since that old man is gone, since you're a, a new creature, a new creation in Christ, this is what you are to be doing. So Christians are to elevate their thinking. So Jordan, what comes to your mind uh, when you look at this passage in, in the context or in the reference of elevation? All right, I'm going to be honest, dude. When I saw this on the notes, I got excited. I was like, oh, this is, this is a good text right here in oh, yeah. Colossians chapter 2. It's so, there's so much on this. But I want to start with here. Uh, you know, I want to start here, Drew. It, the first word in chapter 3 is a two-letter word. Yeah. Very, very small, but it says if. That's right. Now, if in the English language and in the Greek is a conditional word. Yep. For example, I say, you know what, since I can't physically see Drew, let's say if, you know, if I could uh, cash app him a hundred dollars, I'll give him a hundred bucks. If, which I don't know if he'll do this, if he'll say that Alabama football is better than Clemson. <clears throat> right. Gladly for a hundred dollars. Come on. I can't $400. Think <laughs> he might. <laughs> But if it's a conditional word, I uh, say something, I will provide, I yeah. will provide funds, but now it's on you if yep. uh -huh. you do the action. And so what, is, what does Paul say here? If you say conditional word, right. if you're risen with Christ, if you say you are, which they were, like you mentioned, right. then this is what you're going to do. Exactly. What's the first action word? You mentioned it. You're going to seek. You know, I think of uh, Matthew chapter 6, right, verse 33. Absolutely. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I saw in a commentary, um, Adam Clark, he mentions Matthew 6.33 means to, to love heavenly things. Mm. And so if you're risen with Christ, what things are, am I going to seek as a Christian? Sure. I'm going to seek heavenly things. And uh, in another commentary, uh, Albert Barnes, he mentions that our thoughts, talking about being risen, right? Our thoughts should be occupied as a Christian now, remember, this is not before you're a Christian. This is, this is after baptism. Mm -hmm. Our thoughts should be occupied where Christ dwells now. Wow. So where our final home is supposed, because we're going somewhere else. Oh, yeah, you know, that's right. The, the thing about Christians, Drew, which is amazing, we are the only people on earth that have dual citizenship. <laughs> we have Good citizenship point. here, and we also have citizenship in heaven. That's right. And so if you think about this, and this is a question I like to pose to our listeners as, as well, would you agree, according to the text, that we should set our mind on things that God loves? According to the text, Colossians 3, absolutely, right? Mm -hmm. And so look at this. If you don't mind, Drew, let's go to, to Micah chapter 6 and to uh -huh. our listeners as well. Micah chapter 6, verse number 8. And again, remember that the context of what we're talking about is elevating, right? and then seeking those things that are above. So if we go to Micah chapter 6, verse number 8, notice, notice what Micah says here. Micah 6, 8, the Bible says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require? That you do justly, that you love mercy, and you walk humbly with your God. So if we're raised with Christ, as a Christian, what am I going to do now with all men? I'm going to walk justly. Mm -hmm. I'm going to love mercy. I'm going to be humble. That's what the Lord requires, right? Mm -hmm. So these things are seeking those things that are above. But then here's something that I think that we don't want to uh, 
that Christians at times don't want to address. We want to love the things that God loves, but we don't want to hate what he hates. Oh yeah, that's right. So think about this. If you go to the Proverbs chapter six, right? Verses 16, mm-hmm. 16 through 19, it mentions all those things that God hates, right? That's a right. proud look, you know, all those things, hands that shed innocent blood, all those things that God hates. So if I'm going to be like Christ in Colossians chapter three, if I want to seek those things that are above, I can't just love what God loves. I have to hate what he hates. Right. See, you can't, you can't play one side of God, but then not do this side either. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you think about this part of seeking that which is above is knowing what God loves. And it's also knowing what he hates. And so that's, that's what he mentions here. That if is such a conditional word. Yes, it is. And so I love how he just breaks. And like you mentioned, that's just verse one. We go through, Oh yeah. You know, the rest of the text, but that's just verse one. Right. And the second thing I'm reminded of drew is um, we mentioned Ephesians four 23 before, right. Being renewed in the spirit of your mind. You know, that renew that word renewed means to renovate. And so to bring you know, I've seen some of the stuff Brittany's been doing, right. Oh, yeah. Renovating. It's yes, nice. It's, it's real nice. If, if I live close to y'all, I might be like, Hey, Brittany, yeah, I need some help. Uh, she right? would too. Yeah. It's, it's nice. But yeah. the thing about renovation and notice Colossians chapter three, Paul is the foreman here mm-hmm. of a, of a project and to renovate, you have to take the old stuff out. You can't sure. renovate on top. So you have to take everything out first, yep. but then this is where most people stop. So if I used to drink, I'll take that out. If I used to curse, I'll take that out. If I used to lie, I'll take that out. But then most Christians are satisfied with the stuff just being out. Mm. Well, Paul said, no, you can't just take it out. You'll just have an empty house. And so if you look at the rest of the text, he tells us mortify, kill. So if you're renovating your house, kill this, kill this, kill this. Right. But then he says right after that, put on, mm-hmm. put on mercy, put on humbleness, put on. So whatever you take out in your life, remember we're talking about elevating, right? If you take things out, you have to replace it with something better. That's right. So if I used to lie, then I replaced that with mercy. You see, that's what renovating and elevating our heart and our mind means. Paul is saying, look, if you say you're risen with Christ, you are going to take some stuff out and then you're going to put it back in. Such a beautiful text, man. It is. And it'll, it'll preach, man. I mean, and we just literally verse every one. verse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. We just cover verse, verse one. one. Yeah. <laughs> and verse two, I think almost could be serves as like a summary statement. And so we've noticed in both Matthew six and in Colossians three, in both passages, the importance of not putting our mindset on things of this earth. In contrast, the importance of putting our mindset on things that are above. Laying up treasures in heaven, sending your mind, your affection on things that are above. So both passages emphasizing how we can elevate our thinking and by elevating, weather the storm. Well, Jordan, we come to our final passage. And I've really enjoyed our, our discussion so far and Probably going to have about 10 sermons after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why if you see me looking down, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm taking notes here. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's a lot here. Uh, and these three passages will certainly help to serve as, you know, three points and emphasize the importance of elevating. We're going to close with Philippians 3, 17 through 21. And, you know, we, it's interesting. You think about the Apostle Paul. We talked about that in Colossians 3. This was someone who did put off the old man and put on the new man. 
And so when he's writing this to, to other Christians, he's not just telling them something, you know, exercising his apostolic authority. He's saying, this is what I did. I changed my life. I elevated my thinking. Yeah. Uh, and so he's encouraging Christians to do that as well. So if you will, Jordan, read for us Philippians three seventeen through 21. And then what we want to do is, is go back in the context a few verses to get the full picture, but then really focus on that section and that phrase, our citizenship is in heaven, is where we want to spend, you know, pretty much the majority of our time. And I, I think this passage would definitely help. So if you'll read that for us, please. All right, verse 17 of chapter 3. Uh, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk, so you have for an example. For many walk of whom I told you often, now I'll tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross, even Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mine earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, for whence we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it might be fashioned unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able to subdue all things unto himself. Well, again, we have a, a huge contrast there. And, and I decided to use, you know, this whole section, not just verse 20, because he speaks of those who are the enemies of the cross. And it says, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame. How is that summarized? They set their mind on earthly things. Earthly so things. again, the contrast between setting your mind on the things of the world and setting your mind set on, on things that are above. And so I love that phrase you said earlier. We're the only people, Christians are the only people on earth that have dual citizenship. That's exactly what Paul says. Our citizenship, in contrast to where their mindset is, as Christians, our citizenship, our conversation, our conduct, our, our mindset is in heaven. I love that, that phrase. Uh, so as we think about this passage, I mentioned we want to go back just a few verses in the context and maybe discuss verses 12 through 16 emphasizing pressing toward the mark. What is, what is Paul really trying to get across there? You know, Drew, we come from, I know both of us come from a, a sports background, mm -hmm. right? You with, you with baseball, myself with basketball. And so when you think about pressing towards the mark, you know, Paul uses, because remember, most of, the, um, most of his audience at times were Greek. And so you think about they knew about the Olympics, right? They knew about the oh, yeah. Greek games. And so they understood what it was like to push their bodies uh, to the limit for a wreath, right? It's not like they had, you know, the gold medals and stuff like we before a wreath, right, for, for prominence. And so he's saying in the Christian walk, I press toward that mark. And so when you mean when you press towards, I think sometimes we forget when you press towards a goal, automatically when you make your decision for a goal, there's automatically going to be struggle. There's automatically going to be trial. There's because something is going to stop you or hinder you or try to take you back from getting that goal. Because remember, even Paul, he had a thorn in the flesh, didn't he? Now we don't mm -hmm. know obviously what that was, right. but it obviously hindered him because he asked the Lord to take it away three times. But notice he said, I still, despite that, despite the persecution, despite the hatred, despite the brethren not uh, accepting me earlier on, remember in, in Acts, mm -hmm. yeah. he said, I still press. I still go towards the mark because Paul understood I'm reaching towards something um, that nothing's no, nothing or no one's going to stop me from reaching this goal. And I think as Christians, we have to have that elevated mindset that nothing's going to stop me suffering, whether physical, financial, emotional, spiritual, 
nothing is going to stop me from getting to heaven. Right. You know, and I'm reminded of uh, my, I'm, I'm a single guy now, but I'm reminded of my, uh, my dad. And he would always tell each congregation we're at. He would always say, you know what? Uh, my family has a, uh, you know, have their tickets to heaven already. And so if you want to come, that's great. But I already got my five. <laughs> he he said, no matter what, he said, no matter what happens, we're going to get there. Yeah. He said, if people hate us, that's fine. We're going to get there. Yep. If people don't like us. That's fine. We're going to get there. If we're not invited to go here, that's fine. We're still, we're going to, nothing is going to deter us. Nothing is going to deter me from getting to heaven. Right. And so you have to have that personal, um, that personal goal, you know, mm-hmm. nothing's going to stop me from getting to heaven. And so Paul said, I press because I know there's a bigger goal in mind than, than here. And that's why I said my conversation, my citizenship is there. So nothing's right. going to stop me from getting there, which is beautiful, man. Oh, it is. And, and, it, and it includes Paul letting go of the past. You know, yeah. he, he speaks of, I, I'm, I'm not looking back. I, I'm reaching forward. And, and that's what it takes. Uh, you know, we got to elevate our thinking. We can spend so much time, as Robert Taylor Jr. says, focusing on the here and now instead of the there and then. Mm. And I'm afraid that's what happens uh, sometimes. And whether it's our, our past struggles our current struggles, maybe the uncertainty of what's going on around us. We allow all of that to bog us down. But like you said, Paul was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going through a lot, but <laughs> I, I got something great ahead of me. Uh, Romans eight eighteen comes to mind. The sufferings yeah. of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Paul believed that, you know, and, and it's evident in his, in his life. So after that phrase, our citizenship is in heaven, he says, from which we also eagerly wait. I, mm. I think that phrase is powerful. Yeah. You know, how, how much do we really meditate on the fact that we're going to spend eternity with God? The, the Ooh, more yeah. that you elevate your mind to that thought, mm. the less this world and all the struggles will have that power over you. Uh, you know, John 14, 1 through 6, <clears> Jesus <throat> makes that abundantly clear. Going to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself. That's the hope that we have before us. But we won't get there if we don't elevate our thinking. Yeah. If we allow ourselves to be bogged down with things of this world, it, we won't be there. So we talk about our citizenship is in heaven. And I guess as we start to wind down this episode, what are the implications of the phrase, our citizenship is in heaven? So uh, real quick, before we, before we go there, Jude, to, to say what, to hit what you just said before talking about, you know, elevating our mind to, to meditate upon heaven. Yeah. I'm reminded of Hebrews chapter 11, right? Verse number one. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, mm-hmm. right? The evidence of things not seen. And so when we talk about heaven, we've never seen it, right? Yeah. But we hope. So how do we, I never thought about that. How, how often do we sit there and wait for what we haven't seen yet? Yeah. That's amazing, man. And the thing about elevation is as a Christian, we have to, uh, we have to get rid of the, the physical eyes and put on the eye of faith. That's yeah. a tough thing to do. Yes, it is. But, you know, you think about, um, you know, the trials and because you say so many things can bog us down and, and have our mind focused on those other things. You know, Drew, I remember, um, you know, winning a championship, right? That's, that's a great feeling. 
Yeah. But you know, for me, when I won that championship, it was great. Like it was nice. Like the trophy was great. Like it was fun celebrating it. But the best part to winning was looking back at the struggles. That's right. Looking back at the losses, looking back at my injuries, looking back at when I could have played better, looking back when things didn't go right. Then the reward was that much sweeter. And so, Paul, you notice when Paul suffered, Paul never uh, publicized that he suffered. He said, well, I'm going through all this. I'm doing this. This is my life. This is my lot in life. This is – Paul didn't have to make that known. Mm -hmm. Now, he he understood, you know, he used it for, for lessons. Yeah, but he didn't make it known for his own personal vindication. Right. He said, yeah. "Look, he said I'm doing this because this is gonna be worth it That's right. once I get there." I think of yeah. a song uh, farther along. Yeah, I believe it's verse two. I, I think the end of verse two, where it says, "When we make it to heaven, the trials of this world will seem as nothing." And so, can you imagine Drew making it to heaven, sitting in your mansion, and saying, <laughs> "Man, that physical illness I had." All the things that uh, I may have had to face here, every I do it again for this award. That's what Paul was saying here. He said, "Look, these trials are going to mean nothing." So that's why he said, "I'll suffer whatever for Christ," Absolutely. because when I get there, all this is going to mean nothing. I'll do it again for this reward. <laughs> oh, I'll do it again. That's right. And that's why he mentioned our my conversation is there. And yeah. so when, especially for Christians, when we talk about suffering. Uh, a lot of times we make suffering about us. Well, I'm suffering because this is going on with my life. This is how it's affecting me. Well, instead of thinking that way, think about, uh, you know, think about Christ. You know, I'm reminded of uh, Hebrews chapter 12, I believe it's around verse three, where it mentions uh, when you suffer, endure like Christ did, lest you be weary or faint in your minds. Right. And so that I, I just wanted to mention that before we go to the to the fourth point. I think that's a wonderful thing to meditate upon heaven rather than meditate on the struggle. That's right. Uh, but when that's you right. mentioned talking about our citizenship is in heaven, you know, Drew, as you mentioned before, we're part of two kingdoms, right? Or two citizenships. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there are great kingdoms here, right? Rome, right, Greece, Babylonia, right? There's we can keep going. So many great kingdoms. America, the greatest yeah. right now. That's right. Great kingdom. But I heard uh, a preacher uh, last week during our summer series. He said, it is wonderful to love your country. He said, I love the USA. I love the USA. Now, I'm not saying that it doesn't have its problems, mm-hmm. but we could be in a way worse situation. Oh, yeah. You know, we could not have the ability to worship. We could not have like all these. So the place has its problems, but you need to understand that it's a, it's a great place as well. And so he said, you can love your country, but don't put, and notice what he says here. He says, don't put America and being a patriot over being a Christian and God's saint. Amen. Don't put Amen. America and being a patriot for America, Christians. Now, can you love America? Wonderful. I love America. See the, sure. the flags up here, right? Absolutely. And so don't put America and being a patriot for America over being a Christian and a saint for God. So true. And so we're talking about our citizenship. You see all this stuff happening here on our world now, and especially just just open up Facebook. You'll see, right? You'll oh, yeah. see, you'll see different all. opinions. Doesn't take long at all. But you'll see with Christian people, 
remember, what's the Bible say? You'll be able to judge them by their fruits. Uh-huh. And so we can see their citizenship. They say it's in heaven, but it's not there. That's right. they, they care too much about here rather than there. Yep. And so think about this. I wanted to, to mention this, Drew. Okay. Um, if I live well in my heavenly citizenship, so if I do what the Lord wants me to do, you know, Colossians 3, whatever, you know, we mentioned before, then don't you think that'll translate to how I treat my fellow man here with this citizenship? So if you live well there towards heaven, then mm-hmm. don't you think I'll treat you well? I'll treat people that look like me well, people that mm-hmm. don't look like. So that's the thing. It, it's not about picking and choosing. It's if you're living for God, you're automatically yeah. going to do what's right here too. Exactly. But, you know, those are some things. And it all boils down to this. Who do we want to please more? You know, I'm reminded of uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, mm-hmm. uh, verse 17. I love this. I wanted to get this on a T-shirt. <laughs> I love this yeah. verse. <laughs> it says to honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. Okay. You know, it's interesting that word honor there in First Peter 2, 17. It's the Greek word tamao, and that means one word, value. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, sure what is. I'd say, remember, Peter's writing during the time of Nero. Oh, yeah. And so what does he say? Honor or value who? All men. Mm-hmm. And so if God says to honor all men, but my culture says lift these men up and take these where's my citizenship right it's here it's not there yeah if my culture says love this and hate this my citizenship is here you see the thing about elevation it always causes you to change yeah so if you've been taught all your life this and the bible says no do this that causes you i have to leave here and go with what the bible says you have to follow the rules of this heavenly citizenship over this earthly one. Sure. And I think that's, that's the tough thing about carrying your cross mm-hmm. because you'll have to decide who's more important. Is your physical culture more important or is your spiritual citizenship more important? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing Paul was trying to get these brethren to understand. You yeah. got to make a choice. Are you going to love your people here more than God's people? You, you, the Bible always gives us choices to make. And that's the beautiful thing about what Paul mentioned here. Yeah, and I think the world needs to hear that. Uh, but you mentioned it, and Christians need to be reminded. First Peter two nine, you are a chosen generation. You are the holy yeah. nation. Our allegiance ought to be to the holy nation before this nation here on earth. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. That that and that all, like you said, it all has to do with your mindset, and you have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone. To be yeah. comfortable in an uncomfortable situation as a child of God, realizing I'm living in this world, but I must not live of this world mm-hmm. because my mindset's somewhere else. I elevate that. It's different. I think differently because I'm a Christian. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think there's a mistake when Paul wrote in Philippians 2, have this mind in you that was also in Christ. Was in Christ. Yeah. I mean, the implications of that. Where, what was his mindset? Well, that needs to be our mindset. We need to have that same mentality. So all three of these passages that we've discussed, for our listeners, again, Matthew 6, 19 to 21, Colossians 3, 1 and 2, Philippians 3, 17 to 21. If you're listening to this and you have your Bibles, we encourage you to, to write down the word elevate beside each of those. And as you read these passages, to remember hopefully the things that we've discussed about 
the importance of elevating our thinking and how that can, can help us. And Jordan, that's how we want to conclude this episode today is to give our listeners some practical things, hopefully some things that will help them uh, to weather the storm by elevating. What are some practical takeaways you, you can give our listeners? Uh, you know, we can use a, a lot of practical things, but I, I came up with just one big one I believe it all okay. boils down to. Uh, when it comes to elevation in Christianity, it always means putting Christ and others first above yourself. It always means to put Christ and others above yourself. And the thing you mentioned Philippians chapter two, and I love that you mentioned that you see Christ, you said, and mentioned that let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ first. Right. So what did Christ do? Christ gave up his position and learned what it was like to be us. Yeah. And so as a Christian person, if I'm going to see the worldly view of elevation is if I want Drew's position, I have to knock Drew down in order for me to elevate myself above Drew. Mm-hmm. But Christian elevation, according to Matthew 23, 11, but he that is greatest among you, let him be your servant. That's right. That's and right. so when we talk about elevation. Elevation is not about who knows you. Elevation is not about the great things you've done. Elevation, just as mentioned before in Matthew, if the Father knows you did it and it's what the Lord wants you to do, you're great in his eyes. Right. Here, you may not be great. I understand that here, physically, how people see me, I'm, I may not be great. Mm-hmm. But the Lord, and that's the most important thing. And so to have the Lord see you as great, to see that He that you have elevated your thinking, elevated your mind, elevated your actions, to what he wants you to do. Yeah. If nobody else knows that, but he does, I'm good. That's right. I'm good. That's, that's a beautiful thing. And so make the Lord proud. The way up in Christianity is down. Yeah. If you want to be elevated by God, then you, you'd be humble and be you a servant, be like you said. Perfect, perfect passage there, uh, Matthew 20, 28. Jesus was a servant. You want to be great? Be a servant. Be, be lowly. Be humble. Try to elevate others as well would be something yeah. that I might share with our listeners. Oh, that's good. Uh, you know, by, by you living in this way, you can help them get out of a difficult spot yeah. because of the way you carry yourself, the way you think can be very encouraging to someone who's been through a difficult time or going through a difficult time by showing them, listen, you don't have to think that way. You can think differently and it can change everything. And so right. I, I'm with you. Uh, there could be several things, but I have one big takeaway for our listeners as well. It's a phrase that Coach Estes shared with us when I was at Fried Hardman. And we used it in baseball in the context, but I've tried to carry it over to the spiritual. Perspective is reality. He always says that. <laughs> he always good. says that. He did. He said it all the time. But it's – you think about that spiritually. Perspective is reality. And I want to share with our listeners a story as we close. Marshall Keeble, one of the greatest gospel preachers this world has ever, has ever known. There's a story of, of Marshall Keeble that he was sitting in his office laughing, hysterically laughing. And it was so loud that the secretary came down and opened the door and said, Marshall, is everything okay? And he said, I've just been thinking about heaven. <laughs> he was laughing out loud, thinking about, wow, that place, I'm going to heaven. It's real. I'm going. <laughs> I, yeah. But when I hear that story, I think about that. It reminds me perspective is reality. He could have sat at that desk and thought about all that was going on in the world, all that he was having to face. But no, he chose. Yeah, 
he chose to think about that place called heaven. He -hmm. chose to think about it. And just the, the very thought that we could be there ought to make us realize we can elevate our thinking and whatever we're going through. If we have the hope of heaven before us, that's all we need. And so I hope our listeners can be encouraged by this today. I know that some of you who are listening may be going through some difficulties that no one else understands, but I can promise you the Lord understands. Mm -hmm. He's been through when Jesus took on flesh, he was tempted at all points like as we are yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15 tells us he knows what it's like to hurt. He knows what it's like to be hated. Yeah. But he also knows what it's like to love and to be loved. And so you can know that you're loved by God. Uh, And if you will elevate your mindset, elevate your thinking, it will certainly help you to weather the storms of life. Jordan, I appreciate you so much, brother. I've enjoyed our our discussion today. And I I certainly hope that those who are listening today will be encouraged by this. Uh, Again, I want to tell our listeners to go and listen to Jordan's podcast, When the Scriptures Become Real. And I know that'll be a blessing to your life. Jordan, thanks again, brother. And uh, to all our listeners, we hope that this episode in some way will help you to weather the storm. Thank you and God bless.